So, Mason and John have decided to join the Navy, right? No, I know. I just had to do that. Sorry. Come on. I expected like this conviction, like, no, the Army. Come on, you know. No, they're both going in the Army, and Mason is uh, leaving Tuesday, I think, right? When are you leaving, John? July 31st. July 31st, so a little bit longer. But uh, church, pray for these, these guys. Um, this is no small thing, what they're doing, and um, we want to thank you for being willing to do what you're doing, to, to go and make yourselves available to serve your country and, and to protect us, ultimately. And so thank you for responding um, to the call to, to take up such a, a worthy cause and such a necessary cause. And please know that your church family will be praying for you guys, right? We'll be praying for them as they go forward. And, um, you know, thing about, about Mason and John here, they're both very talented guys. Uh, they're both very likable. They bring a lot to the table. Uh, they already have a lot of, of skills that they possess. And as they go forward into the Army and as they go through basic training... Uh, they will receive even more skills, and they will be trained in specialties. They'll, they'll each develop a specialty of some sort. And the goal of that is not for them to just take those skills that they learn and that training that they receive and to take those specialties, those focuses, and use them just for themselves. That's not the point. Uh, they're going to go into the army as individuals, and they're going to remain the individual people they are, But they're going to become a part of a whole. And these two individuals are going to assimilate in and contribute to the unit as a whole. And all those skills and specialties they develop are meant to be used for the common good of the army. And of the mission that the army has. That's exactly how it is for the church. And what these two guys are getting ready to be part of is a great picture of what the church is supposed to look like. That's what we're going to be talking about today as we start this series. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We will be praying for you all. The church is supposed to look like that, just like the Army or the Marines or any, any special forces uh, particular, in particular, like the Navy SEALs and Team 6 that goes even above and beyond what the rest of the, uh, the army or the marines or the navy might do, where, where they take on these incredible missions against all odds, they have to be able to put their unit ahead of the individual. They have to be able to do that. And the skills that they have and the gifts that they have and the talents, it's all meant to be used for the entire unit around them and so that everyone can be on mission and do it to the most effective means possible. That's what it's supposed to be like for the church of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul is addressing uh, in this particular chapter the issue that was going on in the Corinthian church, one among many issues. The, the Corinthian church, man, they, they had a lot of problems. They were a mess. And uh, before we, we can judge them too quickly as we read about the different things going on, we have to be careful because we could easily fit in that too. And they, like so many other groups of people in the Bible, can serve as a mirror for ourselves. They had a lot going 
wrong that the Apostle Paul spent a lot of time addressing. And in this particular passage in chapter 12, he's seeking to correct the misunderstanding as it revolves around the way the church is supposed to operate and what it means that there are different gifts present in the church and and how that's supposed to play out. They weren't looking at that the right way. And so the Apostle Paul was writing to correct that. He's saying, no, you need to understand the right picture and what we're called to be as the church and how we're supposed to exercise our gifts one with another. And in verse 4, the Apostle says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. That's very important to understand. That's the concept that he was trying to explain to the Corinthian church. And we need to understand that as well. And it shouldn't be that hard to picture because we have different people that do different things in this local body. And while one thing might be a little bit more visible, such as me up here on the platform or the musicians, it doesn't mean that that's any more important necessarily than something other that's going on, some other role, some other function that's just less visible. He goes on in verse 14 to continue his his point, and he gives this brilliant visual aid, this example of the concept that he's talking about so that we can readily understand what he's trying to express. He says this. This is the example that he gives. Verse 14, For the body, the physical body, does not consists of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And that's logical, right? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Again, very logical, right? That's common sense. Just because one part is different from another doesn't make it any less a part of the overall body. It all fits together. And then this is where he brings it home. This is the point of that illustration. Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So, pretty Pretty clear example there. Pretty easy to understand what he's saying and the way he's connecting that. And, and we understand what that, what that looks like here. I mean, think about it this way. If we didn't have people out front as you come in greeting you, if you were a visitor especially, you wouldn't know where to go. Uh, for the first time coming into a place like this, it's, it's intimidating. Anytime you visit a church, for those of you who have done that, uh, it can be very intimidating. You don't know where to go. You don't know what's expected. 
You're new, completely new. And so you need people like that out there welcoming you with hopefully a smile, you know, making you feel like they're actually glad you're coming in the door. And you need people to hand you a bulletin so you can look and see what's, what's expected and what's going on and, and point you to the right direction. If you have kids, that's a huge win when you come into a place and you've got little kids and you want them to be able to go where the little kids are supposed to go, but you don't know where that is. And for someone to say, hey, can I let you know where our nursery is? Can I let you know where our children's class is? We need that. If you don't have that, then people are much less likely to stay, to come in here, to hear the truth of the Word of God, to hear the truth of the Gospel, to be fed, to grow, that's an integral part. If you don't have people in that box right there, in the back of the auditorium, that booth, you know, the place where when the sound flickers out, everybody turns around and gives the stink eye, you know what I mean? It's like the, the sound goes away and it's immediately it has to be something someone has done back there, you know? It's like everybody turns. What's going on? We know you've done something, But if we don't have people serving in that capacity, you're not going to be able to hear as clearly up here what you need to hear. Now, in cases like me where I have a very big mouth, which my wife can attest to, um, you may not need as much of a a microphone for someone like me as maybe others, but it still helps. And so you need someone to control that and to get the message across clearly clearly. And, and in a way that you can hear it and process it. You need that to happen. If you don't have people downstairs caring for the precious children week after week, they're not going to be able to get the, the message of God's Word in a way that they can understand and that helps them grow and go forward. And they need a safe environment. And we're able to provide that because we have people willing to change your children's diapers for free. I mean... That's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it, because you know how those diapers are. Woo! We shouldn't take that lightly. That's a big thing. And we have people that week in and week out, they, they teach and they mold and they train and they disciple your children, hopefully as a companion to what you're already doing as parents, discipling and training and molding your children at home. It can't be something that's expected to be just on the shoulders of those who do it, the expectation should be that they continue what you've already started. That's how it should work. But, but you see what I mean? It all fits together. It all comes together. We have men who are out there monitoring uh, the space there. And we have people monitoring the space in here. And we have people keeping an eye on things down there from a safety standpoint, from a security standpoint. Because we all know, unfortunately, the culture in which we're living, we were just reminded of that just this past week. That there is incredible evil in our world. We don't have to look very far. We've got people who stand up on their feet all service long every single week to make sure that safety is in place. So we understand pretty easily what Paul was talking about here. There's one body, one unit, but there's many parts of that. And one part isn't really superior over another. It's all needed. It's all beneficial. And what was going on in the Corinthian church around this particular issue, there was some pride and some arrogance where some people said, look at the gift I have, the spiritual gift I have. Look at what I'm able to do for God. Look at what I'm able to contribute to the kingdom. Look at what I bring to the table. Look at what I can offer the body. 
and others that were looking at that and hearing that and observing that attitude, and they were seeing these people that were on display and visible and flashy, they were saying, well, man, I I guess because I'm not like that person, I don't have much to offer. Because I can't do what that person over there is doing, what use am I? I might as well just not be part of the body. And Paul said, no, 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 that's the wrong way of looking at it on both ends. Number one, your spiritual giftedness is nothing to be personally prideful about. You you should not draw any arrogance from that whatsoever because it's God that gave it to you, God that entrusted that to you. It's not something that you just came up with and that you do on your own. It's God empowering that gift that you have. So it's nothing to be prideful about. And then over to the other people that were looking at those individuals and saying, man, they're right. I don't have what they have. I don't offer what they offer, so I must not be of any use. Paul said to them, no, you're you're looking at this wrong. You do have value. You do have a part to play. You do have an incredible amount of impact that no one else can make because God has specifically gifted you and placed you You personally in this body for this purpose that only you can fulfill. So he was trying to correct the the error on both sides of that. And he's saying it's, it's about recognizing we need each other. The body can only exist so long as all the members are working together for the common good. They're contributing one to another, not to the exclusion of one or the other. That's very important to understand. The other thing that we notice from that passage is he said there's a variety of service. In other words, there's a lot of different ways of serving in the body. It's not just confined to this one little box. There's not just this one right way or one right Um, area of service that everybody has to do and if you can't do that particular area of service then there's nothing for you to do that's not the case at all he said there's a variety of service it's all empowered though by the same God and church you need to hear that today you know we have a lot of established ministries at work here and in place we have a lot of things that have have already uh, been going on for several years long before I got here we have you know, different programs and different activities and, and different groups that, that meet regularly. And they're established and they're the same. But that doesn't mean we have to limit our ministry or our areas of service to those things. You can actually be creative. You can, you can use some of the passions that God has given you and you can apply that to the work here. That's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. That's the beautiful thing about the the gifting that the Holy Spirit brings about. It doesn't necessarily have to just be this way only in this nice, neat, little, confined package. So long as it doesn't contradict the Word of God, so long as it doesn't compromise the timeless standard of what God has established and the truth of His Word, so long as it follows the Gospel, so long as it's of the Spirit, go for it, you know? Let's, Let's think outside the box a little bit. That's allowed. That's allowed. It doesn't have to fit in what maybe has already happened. If you, if you don't feel like you are someone who has been gifted or has the right skill set or the right passion to, to fit into one certain area, look at another area. We've got a lot of different things that we can provide by way of service. You know, we have, I mentioned the, the booth back there. 
Um, I know that uh, Pastor Matthew would be thrilled if there was someone that had some skill with, uh, with some soundboard work and some engineering background and audiovisual uh, interest. And I know he would love to have, have you take part in that. Um, we see up here every week, we see these musicians that use their gifts and their talents to lead us in preparation for God to speak to us. It's, it's not just worship of God, that's part of it. We join in together, but it's also about preparing our heart to hear from Him. And they do that week in, week out. Maybe there's someone here sitting right where you are, maybe one of you, maybe two of you, three of you, have a musical background. You have the talent, you have the ability, but you've never actually used that in this context. Go ahead, jump in. The water's fine. Okay? There's, there's all sorts of different uh, areas of service that are available to you. And again, there's things that we don't have established that could easily be established. Okay? So it's about understanding just because you might not be able to comfortably address a room full of people and, and you may not be able to uh, teach in that context, in this public setting or in a smaller environment like a small group or a class, just because you can't do that doesn't mean you can't serve this body. There's so many other options and opportunities for you that are just as important as anything that you see in a, in a visible way. And that's really the point that Paul was driving home here. And then closely connected to that, tied to that, is some application. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. This is, this is really, even though it's a totally separate letter to a, a different group of people, this really serves as a good application of what he addressed in the 1 Corinthians 12. As he says, no, there's, there's one body with many different members and every member has a part to play. Every member has a role for the common good of the body. This is the application of that. Because that's true, here's what's expected then. Because that is so, here's what this looks like lived out. Okay, Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he, speaking of God, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds. Your translation might say pastors. It's, it's the same concept. The shepherds and teachers. He gave those. God brought about those offices of spiritual leadership. It wasn't something that was, was thought up by a man. Let's have, this is a good idea. Let's, let's have things that are called, let's have people that are called pastors and let's have, have teachers and, and let's have these people that are in spiritual leadership. Let's just, let's just create that. No, God is the one who initiated that. God created the office of pastor. God instituted that into the church. It's a divine appointment. It's a divine office. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Why did he do that? Why did God bring that about? Why did he decide that that's what the church needed? Verse 12 tells us, don't miss this, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. What is the purpose of that? What, why should we be about the work of the ministry? For, the next part tells us, for the building up, the enhancement, the strengthening of the body of Christ, the entire body of Christ. So taking this all together, 
Because you have one body, the body of Christ, the church, that functions just like a physical body does, one unit with different members, that's all supposed to seamlessly tie in together for the overall good of the the whole unit. Because that's the case, God has very intentionally placed in the church people such as myself, the role of the pastor, to equip you, the saints, the members of the church. And that word equip, that's the same word as was used for like mending nets, making something stronger. Or physicians, when they would repair a bone, they would set a bone, they'd fix the bone in the right way. So our role as pastors and teachers and spiritual leaders in the church is to strengthen or to make right the individual members of the body. And that's very important to note. You're not going to find any translation of God's word or any version where this passage reads, and he gave the church, the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to do all the work of the ministry. You're not going to ever find anywhere that reads that way. And yet, that is very often the mindset that the church has. We have the pastors and the teachers and those that are in spiritual authority and those that are paid positions in the church. That's what they're there for. They're there to do the work of the ministry. That's why we have them. That's why we pay them. We want them to do it all. We want them to to give us the exact type of church that we want and that we feel we need. And we just want to sit back and we want to benefit from that. And we want to critique it too, so that when it's not going the right way, we're sure to let them know about it so that they can correct it for us. That's just very often the mindset of the American church. But that's not what was intended by God. The intention and the pattern and the program is that he gave those people those specific intentional positions, those divinely appointed offices, so that they would equip, strengthen, make right you all, you individual believers, you individual members of the overall body, to do the work of the ministry, to carry out the work of the ministry of the local church, to carry out the serving of the body. And here's why that's so important to understand. It's important to understand because no pastor gave any of you the spiritual gift that you have. You, if you're in Christ, if you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, if he's your Savior and your Lord today, then not only did you get salvation, not only did you get the absolute reality and promise of heaven for all of eternity when you leave this life, you got those things, sure, but you also were given very specific, very personal spiritual gifts. It was given to you by God. It was handcrafted, so to speak, customized for you. If you're in Christ, then you've been given this incredible spiritual skill set And you're not meant to either sit on it and not use it or to just use it for yourself. It's meant to use in the entire body for the good of the entire body. That's what verse 12 here said. For the building up 
of the body of Christ. And so our role as pastors and teachers and spiritual leaders is not just to do the work of the ministry for you. Number one, we can't. We can't do it all. And every time we're expected to or every time we try to, it inevitably leads to burnout. Burnout. That's why in most churches, the average length of service from a pastoral position is four years. Because of burnout. They, they, they do just about everything there is to be done and they're expected to and, and they, they get more piled on and no one, no matter how strong they are in the Lord, no matter how good they might be, no matter how capable humanly, no one can carry that kind of load. So number one, we can't. But number two, more importantly, even if we could, we shouldn't. Because for us to just do the work of the ministry, the working out of the ministry, the the serving and the expressing of the spiritual gifts that God gives to his church, for us to do that in your place would be to rob you of the ability to use the spiritual gifts that Jesus Christ himself gave you personally and directly to use. Because you have a very specific spiritual gift or multiple spiritual gifts that your brother and sister don't have. You have gifts that I don't have and vice versa. So for me to to try to do it all for you, number one, I can't. Number two, it would be a disservice to you. I would be robbing you of the opportunity and the blessing of using what you have been given for your Savior. Because church, there is no greater joy and no greater purpose and no greater fulfillment, trust me, than realizing you're able to serve the Savior who left heaven to come to earth for you, who went to the cross to bear your sins on himself, to give you eternal life, and to make you right with a God who you had no means of making yourself right with. When you realize all that Jesus Christ did for you and made true of you, to realize then that you've been given a gift or gifts that you are able to use in service of that Savior, there is truly no greater joy and no greater sense of purpose than that. And I would not want to rob you of that. And neither would the rest of my staff, the pastoral team that you have here, or our deacon leadership. We don't want to rob you of that incredible privilege. We want you to step into that and embrace that, and experience what we know to be true already, which is that, man, there's just no greater calling in life than to be able to serve your Savior, to serve your God with all the gifts that he has given you that you have no ability to bring about on your own and you don't deserve to have. There's just no greater calling than that. You know, uh, in previous ministries, it was incredible. I still can't get over it whenever this happens. Um, a couple times specifically, 
had people come into my office and they'd asked if they could meet with me. They had some things they wanted to talk about. And, you know, you always wonder what, what's this going to be like? What's this about? And two times in particular in recent years, um, they came in and they said, uh, Pastor, I just, I just want to tell you, I've been thinking about uh, some things that, that could really happen here that aren't happening and some things that we, I'd like to see started uh, that, that nobody's done yet. And I just think if we, if we did this thing, it would just go, it would go great. And, and I think we would have a great impact and God would really use this and bless this. I think we would see a lot of things happen if we would do you know, this thing. This, this idea they had, this project, or, or this new ministry. And so I would listen, and I'd hear about all the different things. And, and I mean, they were really passionate about it, right? They had thought this through, and they thought, this is going to work. This is what we need. We need this right here, this new ministry, this new outreach. And I'd say, great, that, that, sounds, that sounds great. I agree with you, yeah. I think God could really use that. Go for it. And then it was the deer in the headlights look. Uh, uh, <laughs> Pastor, I think you misunderstood. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not telling you I'm wanting to do this. I'm just telling you I think we need to do it. But I don't want to be the one to actually run with it and, and make it happen. That's happened multiple times. And, um, and it, just, it just blows me away because it's a total missing of the point when that happens. It, it's totally missing the intention and the strategy that Jesus Christ himself has set up, where he says, now that you're mine, now that you've come to me and you've surrendered your life to me, now that I am the Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to give you, through my spirit, I'm going to give you spiritual gifts that you now have that are yours to go and and implement them into the body and to serve with your brothers and sisters, together serving me, furthering my kingdom, building up the whole body. Isn't that great? And instead of us saying, yes, that's great, our actions many, many times say, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's good. We don't, we don't realize what that means, that we despite all that we lack in and of ourselves and despite all that is true of us as human beings, all of our weakness and, and all of our, our inability to do so much that we have been given by God this incredible divine source of working in His kingdom for Him. It just needs to capture our heart and it needs to ignite our heart when we realize what we've been given and what we're called to be and to do as the body of Christ. We're not called to just be spectators. We're not saved and made new and given these incredible opportunities to serve King Jesus just to sit in chairs until he calls us home. That's not what salvation is meant for. We are not called to just sit in seats being spoon-fed doctrine and truth and theology week after week after week to do nothing with it. I really like, along these lines, what Dr. David Jeremiah said. 
And it really goes with what we just read in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, that the reason that we have people like me that do what I do is to make you strong, to build you up, to come alongside and encourage you so that you can take the gifts that you've been given and use them, and that if you are a follower of Christ, you claim to be a follower of Christ, and you do nothing with those gifts, and you do nothing with those opportunities that God himself has given you, it presents a couple very serious questions to ask, and it it presents a very serious dilemma. There's a disconnect. Here's what Dr. David Jeremiah says. If you show me a person who says he or she is a Christian, but they never want to serve the Lord in any capacity, that person either hasn't gotten a hold of the truth of what it truly means to be born again, or they are not born again at all. And that sounds harsh, and that sounds difficult to hear in a process, but I agree with that. I believe that. Because if you recognize what you have been given in your salvation, and you're not doing anything about that beyond yourself, if you're, if you're not taking that outside of yourself and you're not using what God has given you to serve one another in the body and to build up the body and to further the kingdom of, of God, then you need to, to seriously take a step back and say, do I really understand what it means to have been rescued and made new? And Do I really understand the full weight of the gospel? Do I really understand what it means that I'm part of the overall body of Christ? And that may then lead someone to ask, well, did I really ever internalize this to begin with? Did I ever really commit to Christ to begin with? It's a serious thing. Now, that being said, we have a lot of people here that get this. They get it. They get Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. You get what is meant for you. You understand that you've been given spiritual gifts that are meant to be used in this body to serve this body and to further the kingdom. You understand that and you use that. You know that it's not just the pastor's job to do it all for you, that it's, it's our job to come alongside and, and train and, and give you the resources that you need and encourage you and guide you along. You understand that and you, you get that. We have a lot of people who do. We have a lot of people who are serving and they're using their spiritual gifts week in and week out. There's down there right now doing that. We have people that have done that for years. And we have some new people who have come into the church just over the last you know, m- several months or the last year. And they're starting to jump in and they're starting to serve. Listen, I, I want you to hear me, church. As your pastor, thank you. Thank you for all of you who do commit to serving this body, who do commit to using your gifts in one way or the other. Thank you so much. It's not lost on me. I know we have several people who tirelessly, faithfully do that. But I also have to speak to another reality as the pastor here, as the under-shepherd divinely led to this place, to this ministry, on this corner of God's vineyard. We have a lot of members here at this church who have yet 
to jump in in serving. We have many members who have been members for a long time who are not part of serving in, in really any capacity. You're, you're just not. And I'm not talking about those of you who are not physically able. Okay, That's not what I'm, I'm not talking about uh, that example. If you can't, you can't physically participate you know, in, a, in a ministry or in an area of service, I get that. I understand that. And there's several that fall into that category. That's not in any way my point. I don't want you to feel guilty or, or any sort of shame for that because we understand and God understands that. And those of you who aren't physically able to maybe be here and, and physically present and, and engaging in some form of service here, here's what I know about you. I know that you're still very engaged by way of prayer, lifting up this body. You're praying for me as your pastor. You're praying for those who are physically serving. You're praying for the teachers and the, the nursery workers. And you're praying for all who are, are active here. And I know that about you. And I thank you for that. And you're giving financially. So just because you can't contribute physically or externally doesn't mean you're not contributing. I get that. Please hear me. What I'm talking about is... Those of you who are members of this church, you've, you've first claimed to be a member of the body of Christ by coming to Christ and you're saying you're part of him, therefore that makes you part of the overall body. But beyond that, you have said at some point, I want to go farther, I don't want to just attend here, I don't want to just visit here, I want this to be my church home, I want this to be my church family, and I'm going to commit to this body as my church, and I'm going to become a member of this assembly, this local church. If you've said that at some point, but you have failed to ever jump in or plug into serving with the brothers and sisters that are part of this body, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect somewhere. Because you can't be truly part of the body of Christ and never serve the body of Christ. It does not happen. The two don't fit. If you're part of Christ and therefore part of his body, at some point you should have a desire, a burden to jump in and contribute in some way using your spiritual gift. And if you haven't done that yet, then I think it comes down to one of a couple different scenarios. Maybe... Maybe it's not that you haven't ever served or jumped into service and you've not ever taken up the, the call to, to jump in here. Maybe it's not that you've never done that. Maybe it's that you, you did and you served faithfully for several years and maybe you just got burned out. Maybe you just got tired. Maybe, maybe you even got hurt by someone in the ministry. It happens. I wish it didn't. But it happens. You know why? Because we're all flawed, weak human beings and we have the ability to hurt one another. Even though we're saved, we have that ability and it happens. So maybe you've been hurt or maybe you got overworked. Maybe you got taken for granted. And so you just couldn't do it anymore. You know what? I get that. I get that. I really do. I've been there. So I understand. But if that's you, if I described you, here's my message to you as your pastor. That was then this is now. And it's time to let that be the past 
and to stop holding on to that and to go forward and then jump in again. It's time. It's time. Maybe that's not the scenario. Maybe you are definitely part of the body of Christ. You know, you, you are a follower of Christ. That's true. And you do have the desire to serve in some way and you know you need to and you have a burden. You've heard me up here various times say, hey, church, we need this area covered. We have these, these holes in this area of ministry. We really need more help here. We need help there. You've read my emails. You've seen it in the bulletin. And, and you, you want to contribute. You want to jump in. But maybe you just don't know how. Maybe you're not sure of your spiritual gift set. Or maybe you're a little insecure because you, you look at someone like a pastor or you look at someone like a teacher and you think, oh, I can never do that. And so you maybe are just not sure of what other areas that might be available to you. And that's fine too. But that's why I'm here. And that's why we have a staff in place. And that's why we have deacons in place to come alongside you and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, let's, let's find what might work for you. Let's find what your gifts might be. Let's find what your passions might be and let's plug you in there. One of the best ways of figuring out your spiritual gift set is by actually jumping into an area of service and seeing if it works, seeing if it matches, seeing if if it ignites your passion, if God will use you there. And if it's not going to be in that particular thing, that's okay. There's other things to try. There's other places to move you into. So if that's what's holding you back, don't let it. Talk to me, please. Talk to my staff. We would love to try to guide you into where God might have you serve and have you make an impact. The third scenario, and this is the one that's the most serious, is maybe you've been a member of this church and you've been a member of other churches before this, but you've never actually had a desire at all, or a burden at all, to jump into what other people are doing, to jump into serving this, this body, to contributing and building up the body. You've seen the same people that serve week after week, year after year, decade after decade. You see the same people doing the same work, but you've never had a desire to come alongside them and help them and alleviate their burden and come alongside and encourage them and say, hey, you've run a long time. How about you sit down on the bench and take a breather? You've never actually had that desire. You've heard appeal after appeal after appeal where People like me have said, hey, we need this help and we need this area of work and, and, and there's this, this new ministry that we'd like to start but we can't even fully staff the ministries we've already got going so we can't really start a new one. We need you. And you've heard that and you've heard these things and you've processed but you've never been challenged to do anything about it. Then with all, with all the respect I could, I could give and with all the sincerity and with all the love, I have to say this to you. You need to ask yourself if you're really in Christ. Because if that's true of you, if you're able to come in week after week, year after year, and just sit and not do anything about what you've heard, if you're willing to just sit by and let everyone else do the work of the ministry, and you're okay with that, that doesn't do anything in your heart, then just like the statement that I read from Dr. David Jeremiah You need to ask yourself, did I ever really, genuinely commit to Christ to begin with? 
Because someone that's really part of the body of Christ is going to have a desire and a burden at some point to jump in and to be part of serving that body. Okay? Now, that being said, when you came in today, you received one of these, little puzzle piece. Everybody hold up your puzzle piece. Okay, you should have gotten that. You're probably wondering what in the world this was for. Why do I have this? I had this handed out to you to remind you, my brother, my sister, if you are in Christ, if you've committed your life to him and he is your Savior and your Lord, I said it already earlier, but I'll say it again. He didn't just save you from hell. You don't just have fire insurance. By saving you, he equipped you. By saving you, he gifted you. And by saving you, he shaped you to have a unique part to play. And he fashioned you to fit a role that no one else can, that no one else will. It's meant for you. And it's not meant to just have that and sit on that and just admire that and look at what I have. Oh, yeah, look, there's my nice, neat little spiritual gift. Yay. No, it's meant to come together with the other brother and sister and figure out how you fit with them and they fit in with you and then they fit together and so on and so forth. And the whole point of the body of Christ, just like we read in 1 Corinthians 12, is that each individual unit doesn't operate just as an individual. Rather, they come together and they work together and they operate as an overall unit. We're each like a little puzzle piece. And only when we come together and fit together the way we're called to, the way we're designed to, only when that happens will we be able to see the beautiful picture that Jesus Christ, the master artist, has painted. That's the only time that the beautiful picture of the church is going to be able to be on display is when we each individual come together and fit together as we were created to. The pieces that this puzzle will make, if we were to put them all together, I couldn't resist, you know me well enough by now, I think, to know what it's going to be. Isn't that beautiful? That's a beautiful picture right there. That's art. Now you each have this puzzle piece. Here's what I want you to do. Please don't just discard this puzzle piece. As silly as this is, as simple as this is, please put this somewhere where you're going to readily see it and, and regularly see it. And please let this be a reminder to you that if you are in Christ, you have a role to play. You have a gift set and a skill set divinely given to you by God that you are meant to use along with your brothers and sisters at this particular place, in this context. If you're a member of this body, that's what it means to be a member of the local church. It means you don't just have your name on a roll on a piece of paper somewhere. It means that you say, I am responsible for what goes on here. I am committed to this place. I take ownership. I take stock in what is happening here at this corner of God's kingdom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. I'm going to get involved. And I want you to remember that that's the part you have to play. It's something that, that God has called you to do. And he wants you to jump in. And just like there's a lot of pieces left in this, in this basket, 
there's always going to be room for more. Always. We're never going to have too many people serving. Ever. That's just not a reality. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone that's been here today that's heard this message. I pray that you would direct them by your spirit in exactly how they are to apply what they've heard, exactly what this means for them on an individual level. Father, I pray that if there is anyone here that, as they've heard what has been said today, they realize I've never actually been part of the body of Christ. I I thought I was, and I really had convinced myself I was, but I've never had a desire to serve. I've never had a desire to contribute and participate. And that can't be right. That doesn't fit. I pray that your Spirit has revealed that to them, if that's the case, if there are people here today that that's true of. And I pray that they would, today, this very day, know without a doubt that they are absolutely 100% part of the body of Christ by giving their life to him fully, receiving him as their personal Lord and Savior. For those that are genuinely part of the body but uh, just haven't plugged in or did before and haven't in a long time, In any of those cases, Father, I pray that you would prompt them to to seek me out or one of the other pastors or leaders here, and that you would use us to come alongside them and encourage them and guide them into where they might be able to serve and use the gifts that they've been given by you. And Father, for those who have regularly and faithfully served so many times in different ways, I, I just want to thank you for that gift that they are to us, to this body, and I pray that you would encourage them and keep them from being weary and well-doing. Help us all, Father, please, myself and every one of my brothers and sisters here, help us all to remember that we are individual members, but we're individual members of an overall body. And that we are all called by you to share in the serving and the work of the ministry. Help us to be faithful in that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.